This is Cindy, my good friend and mentor, graduated with honors from the University of Connecticut at Storrs, receiving a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with a major in acting, directing, and playwriting. Cindy is a multi-year recipient of Long Island's Best Psychic. She is the author of multiple books which focus on life, love, and relationships. Cindy has been seen on television and is the regular host of her own radio show on Blog Talk Radio. This is Dr. Gary. He has been in the education field for over 20 years and earned his doctorate from St. John's University. He has spent most of his life motivating students of all ages and achieved mastery as an amazing instructional leader. Dr. Gary has been a personal trainer, teacher, professor, coach, DJ, and a professional wrestler, but he's also a psychic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul Matters Podcast Season 2, Session 12. And I am here with my good friend, Cindy Sansone Braff. How are you, Cindy? Oh, I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Yep, we had we took a few months off, and um, you know the weather's starting to change, and we're looking forward to to a brand new season. Uh, we're looking forward to some exciting new topics as well as guests, which brings us to this episode where we have Dr. Joan Borden. She's a dentist, an acupuncturist, and a coach. Um, this beautiful young woman is steeped in Chinese medicine and quantum theory. She uses her vast knowledge of medicine to entertain concepts such as flow, consciousness alignment and integration as she coaches her patients on their path to body, mind, and spirit health. So a lot of interesting information we're going to get from this particular episode. In addition, um, we know that, and we're going to talk a little bit to Joan about this as we uh, bring her in, uh, but Chinese medicine and philosophy are one and the same. And we're going to have a discussion with Joan to kind of elaborate on this particular topic. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dr. Joan Borden. How are you, Joan? Um, great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so exciting to be here with the two of you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to this. And uh, I can't wait to to get all of these, uh, this information out to our listeners. And, you know, part of this discussion is going to be talking about uh, this type of medicine, Chinese medicine, as well as the philosophy, and how it might impact uh, people's health. So we're going to be looking at uh, through this episode, acupuncture, herbs, uh, essential oils, meditation, shamanic rituals, uh, and you also had mentioned that you'd like to talk about the impact these different modalities might have for our listeners, as well as us, obviously, because we're going to be listening to you. Uh, and also talking a little bit about self-cultivation. And uh, you're going to be talking about some of those tools in your own medical toolbox that you might be able to share to, with our listeners and what they could do at home. So we're very excited to uh, to talk to you about this. So if you could give us maybe... You know, I kind of gave you a little bit of an introduction, but I'd like to know maybe from you, like, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and what you've been up to as of late. Well, um, throughout the pandemic, I actually really changed my life. And I did it using all the different tools that I've amassed over all these years of learning. Um, I'm just a very curious person, and I always have been. And I was thinking about um, our discussion tonight, and it occurred to me that I have always been fascinated by Asian thought, medicine. I don't even know when it started. I mean, I think I was really young when the idea came to me. And uh, it was when I was in dental school that um, I got very interested in it because I was in a 
kind of a fender bender uh, in a shopping center parking lot. I was going no miles an hour and someone hit me and I couldn't get out of the way and I had real whiplash. I had just started dental school, um, the uh, clinical part, and I was out. I couldn't hold, I had real whiplash. I couldn't hold my head up. And the only thing that helped me was acupuncture. And so from that moment on, I was really interested. And um, so, yeah. That's great. That's very great. Um, you know, it's it's very interesting that you said um, what you had said about the the car accident, and then your interest in that medicine. <laughs> I I um I had a very similar situation where I was literally going to run my data for my doctorate uh, the morning that I was in a very severe car accident, uh, and really started me on my path to healing and looking to alternative uh, ways of healing. So that's a very um, interesting parallel that obviously you and I didn't even share before this episode. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, so, so now is that the first time you decided to study Chinese medicine uh, from that particular incident in the parking lot? Yes, it was. It was really, in fact, I, I thought about leaving dental school at the time, but then also I thought about doing that when I had a summer job as a photographer. So I, I didn't always go with my whims. I finished school. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's definitely important. <laughs> it, um, it's something that, you know, I think a lot of people there, sometimes they can be nervous about it because we're, I think we've become a culture where, uh, unfortunately we've, we were kind of like pills are pushed on us and we, we are we're reliant on that larger pharmaceutical industry. And people are sometimes a little leery about looking into alternative types of medicine and Eastern medicine. And I think that um, something like this, like this, these particular episodes that we do on soul matters podcast, I think are super helpful for people um, to kind of break down that wall and allow people to see that these types of things can really be beneficial uh, as opposed to, you know, instead of just masking the problem, uh, you know, maybe going on a path of recovery and healing the problem. Uh, so, you know, what kinds of things do you feel uh, in your experience can be treated with this type of philosophy, this type of medicine? Well, I basically think um, traditionally, it was used for acute issues, which nowadays we don't even consider it for. We look at it for long-term chronic problems. Um, and it was really a way of uh, life. Uh, the way Chinese medicine evolved was from the original Shenan Ban Sao, which was like the PDR of uh, Chinese medicine, where the farmers observed nature. And that's what's so interesting to me about Chinese medicine is that it's really an observation. And it's that's why meditation, I always think, is so helpful, because whenever we can become quieter and really look at what's going on in the impact, then we have more available information as to how to deal with whatever is going on for us. So I would say Yes. Is it adjunctive? Is there, if you break a bone, you do not want to go to an acupuncture. <laughs> right. However, do you want to heal faster? Then you want to deal with all of that. So it's a, it's very interesting. It's, it's really a, it's looking at things from the perspective of wanting to know. And the more we want to know and observe, the more information we have, and we can use that for our growth. 
So now, okay, great. So now, obviously, you had mentioned, you know, acupuncture as being one of the things that uh, you were interested in that you have used and that you would recommend for people uh, to, you know, look for long term solutions for any type of, of issues. But now, when we're talking about um, like medicine, what particular things are, or, you know, I don't want to say substances, but what type of medicines are you talking about when in reference to, to that? So obviously, like you said, you know, you break a bone, you're not going to, you know, rely on Eastern medicine or acupuncture. But if you're looking for like pain reduction, reducing of inflammation, long-term healing, what types of medicine are you talking about? Well, there are so many. I mean, I've, I've worked with homeopathy. I've worked with herbs. I've worked with essential oils. I've worked with stones. And what I find is whatever, everything is so individualized in medicine um, from the Eastern perspective, which I think is what's lacking in allopathic or Western medicine, because depending on where you're at and what your temperament is, will have a lot to do with what is beneficial towards you because it's what you can accept into your own self. So I like to see what interests people and then work with them where they are because the modalities really are unimportant in the overall picture. It's what the person will use and um, see some value in. And it could be any of these things. I also use frequency medicine, which is um, a whole other area, something called a cyber scan and halo multiverse. And it deals with quantum mechanics and waves. And just like if we're broadcasting to each other here, we're not in the same room, but what's creating the conversation are waves. And you can even look at plants the same way, the root structures. Some of the root structures are horizontal, some are vertical. And what is going on with that? So the more we observe, the more we know what to do. I see. And I, and I actually... Um... I've heard of Halo. I know that um, some of my uh, my chiropractor uses that particular form of therapy as well. And that, that's a form of light therapy, correct? It is. But it's not just light therapy because what it is is the light activates substances. Um, and those substances are many different things. They're herbs, they're oils, they're stones. Um, and you can create anything, I think, with intention. So uh, that's just a way of doing things. And I love the way we discuss, because Joan and I have talked about this often, that there is a time for Western medicine and there's a time for Eastern medicine. We, uh, Joan and I both have had some health things that we both had to realize we needed something besides alternative. It's not either or. And I think that's important. Sometimes, you know, if you've tried traditional things and it hasn't worked, then you need to do some herbals or try an alternative method. So I, I love the way that you talk about using both, you know, whichever works best. And I think that that's something that, um, sorry, or something that, you know, I think doctors nowadays really do need to, to investigate and look into because I, I, I am familiar with certain doctors that do rely on a combination of both, which is nice to see, uh, you know, not so much necessarily like your, your um, general practitioners, but more of like your even uh, infectious disease doctors, like some of those who have done a lot of research on the topics tend to 
you know, intermingle the Western medicine, the Eastern medicine, a lot of herbals, um, mm -hmm. along with a lot of your typical antibiotics, your antivirals and stuff like that, which is nice to see. Uh, but it's, it, it needs to be used a little bit more, uh, you know, than, uh, than your typical, um, you know, doctors that are just pushing that Western medicine philosophy. Yeah, I don't, I think that, um, there's just a lack of uh, knowledge uh, base because, and I totally understand from the Western medical perspective, um, not using certain things because th most of them have no background in it. And so it, it's herbs and oils and all these things have effects. So it, it's not as though, oh, well, we'll do the Western, but if that doesn't work, we'll do this because these can also have, uh, even the halo or the cyber scan, there can be treatment reactions to everything we use. Um, and it's, it's nice to have a, a complement of tools to use. For sure. Now, do you find that there's a, there is a lack of research in Eastern medicine, uh, you know, in areas like, you know, North America and the United States, is there a lack of research or is it just something that they're, there's just not enough money in. So they're just referring to their, their typical Western, um, you know, philosophy of medicine. Oh, I think there's a lot of money in it. And that's why um, uh, a lot of the, um, like uh, the American Medical Association, American Dental Association, uh, there could be more money placed in, in, from NIH does some studies, but, and the World Health Organization has uh, noted a number of things that are useful in the realm of alternative medicine. And what you mentioned early on in the broadcast was that the pharmaceutical companies are a very big business. And we know that from our political situation as well, because they finance many things in our, uh, in our government. And this affects how people vote. So, you know, I don't want to get into trouble here, but uh, I definitely see that there are things going on. And it's not because there, there's a huge base of uh, economic power in all of these herbs and supplements now because people are buying these things. And unfortunately, they're buying them without a lot of knowledge or they see something advertised and, and they're given a few ideas as to what it might be good for. But there's much more to that. So you really want to go to someone who can evaluate your uh, situation with diagnostic parameters that work with uh, all these alternative substances. Using yeah. pulse diagnosis, tongue di diagnosis, face reading, really listening to the person. Um, I find that because of the structure of our medical system, uh, physicians really don't have much time to spend with you. I'll sit down and spend on an intake with a person, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half, just to see where they are, and then we can go forward. Right. So I think it's a it's a balance between you know actual diagnosis and clinical treatment, and then choosing which particular philosophy medical treatment you go with. Do you do a combination of you know Western, Eastern, or do you is it strictly Western? Is it strictly East? I guess that that's something that um, depending on the person that's doing the intake, um, you know, and their philosophy and their teachings is based on what they'll they'll push forward for you. That's very interesting. So on that same, you know, that topic and kind of bouncing back to the the acupuncture. So I've I've heard of the the five element acupuncture. And would you say 
a little bit about this and why this might be helpful for people to use at home. And if you could just describe what that five element acupuncture is. Well, I, I adore five elements. They're all different kinds of acupuncture. And, but basically five element is, I guess we could think of it from our Western perspective as going to a farm to table restaurant. So five element acupuncture deals with how the seasons are expressed both outside of us in nature with the change of seasons, even in places where there isn't a huge um, noticeable difference in temperature or uh, uh, climate. But what it does is it also, we are different because of the external environment. And it's the same as animals and plants. I think five element acupuncture to me is really looking at nature and seeing how it's expressed both outside and inside of us and using that knowledge for dietary medicine, for um, movement choices, for uh, most anything. Um, I think everything comes down to uh, paying attention. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, again, paying attention to obviously your physical state, uh, your mental state and kind of, you know, figuring out what, um, what is best for you. Okay. So now with that being said, now how does sleeping, eating, breathing, all of those different, um, elements affect health from this particular medical point of view? I'm glad you asked that because I think that's a fabulous question. The sleeping, eating, breathing, those are our survival mechanisms. And so in order for us to live, we have to have those things working well. Now, I do have a a bit of a bone to pick with people who say one thing is for everybody, because I don't think that's true. I think everybody is an individual and we can choose to figure out what's best for us. Like, why do we sleep in one way in our bedroom on the bed, because the bed is in that direction. Now, how many of us have tried to sleep in all of the directions and see where we feel the most rested? Um, What diet is best for an individual? Well, you know, we could either buy the book that's the hottest thing on the market now, or we could say, oh, let me try and see how I do when I have raw food. Okay, let me see what how I do with it cooked. Let me see how I do with a vegetarian, with a ketogenic, with everything is very individualized because we're like the soil in the ground when we plant things. And so what is our soil requiring now because of our uh, history, because of our uh, place we are living in, because of our choices for food? Interesting. Interesting. And it's funny because... Um, the way you said, you know, try different things or not everything's right for every person. It tends to be in our culture where like if someone's a vegan, then they think everyone should be a vegan. And if someone, you know, eats only meat, then, you, you know, you should only eat meat. It, it is very individual. Like one diet isn't right for everyone. Uh, genetically, we all have different genetic components. Um, Do you think in the future they'll work a little more with like your genetics? Like how does your genetic affect your diet? How does those things like a little more scientific about it? You know, it's really interesting you brought that up because when you said that, I thought immediately of this CyberScan uh, tool I use 
because what it does is it scans the person's DNA basically on a reader and then it matches the frequency because everything is frequency. Everything is a big pool of uh, waves. And that's what um, physics has taught us from quantum mechanics, that everything is intertwined. Even though you know we're sitting at a desk or at a table and we think it's solid, we know it's not because the particles are just close together. And so there is this entanglement of everything and so I think if we look at it from that perspective, then we can see that certain things are more in tune for certain people because of where they are. And if you, it's funny because if I relate this to like, if you relate it to education, it's very similar to like that constructivist theory or that self-discovery or self-discovery or, uh, oriented type of learning where you really have to, it's like trial and success where you have to see, uh, experience different things, try different things to see how it affects you or how, you know, maybe you learn best or, you know, how you acquire new information and almost having to like reprogram your, your body, whether it's like you had said through, through certain, you know, sleeping patterns or the way that you breathe through meditation, the way you treat your body, maybe through acupuncture. So it's, um, it's a very interesting how, uh, how you kind of were able to intertwine that as well. So I, f I find that very, very interesting. And I so, want to just tell a little bit about Joan because I do know her very well. Mm -hmm. Joan is one of the most joyful, happy people you ever meet. So um, whatever Joan is doing, she's doing something right because she has this joy of life that's what people have when they've healed their issues and yet they go back to being playful. Joan is playful. She has fun. She does her kayaking. She does eight-mile walks. She does all these things for her health and for her fun. And so I want to stress that Joan's methods are of, of life is like you can exercise, but it should be fun. Like, you know, if they say if you hate what you're doing for physical fitness, so you hate that you feel like you have to lift weights, but you hate it. That isn't going to help you get better shape. That is going to make you stressed out and probably going to make you sicker. So you have to pick things that you love as well to be healthy. So the eating, breathing, sleeping, working out. Do something you love because that's what Joan does. And she now epitomizes this joy and this health that comes from deep within her. And um, I think that's part of what she's talking about frequencies. Don't we have to find out what makes our bodies, you know, what do we respond to? What do we love? And that's what Joan also teaches in her practice, I think, very much so. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Cindy, because... I, I didn't bring that up at all. And that's really my driving force. Um, I have lived a long time now and I've gone through many things in life and I've learned how to manage those things and to wake up every day now, dancing, feeling happy. All my friends want to be me now. They're like, everything <laughs> I do, they're like piggybacking off of me. Oh, what you doing now? Oh, and, you know, it's not the same for everybody, but the key is to have joy. And I can honestly say every day I feel joyful. And which isn't to say I'm not going through all of my own stuff, uh, the things that, uh, uh, you know, I am really, I'm at a point where I consider myself very courageous and brave because I'm willing to stand in the place of total discomfort 
and watch my patterns because I don't want them to own me anymore. And so that's why I'm so interested in self-cultivation and all of this work because I've learned so much and I just want to share it. I feel like I'm at a stage in life where I'd like to give back even more. And so that's what my conversation is about. And Joan is such a fun client to have because when I do readings for her, I just tell her something so brutal, but in a funny way. And she just laughs and she goes, (laughs) okay, that's it. That's it. You're right. And she laughs and she, so we can do a therapeutic session. And I'm sure she does that with her clients in which we hit truth and we do things that are hard, but we do it with love and, and we laugh and, you know, Gary's, at the stage where he's in his midlife crisis and we're way past that, you know, and so been through the midlife crisis. So now we just laugh at most of this stuff because it's so fucking bizarre that at this stage in our life that there's still issues. And I'll go, no, we don't have to go back there anymore. I think that we're past that now, Joan. We're like, we're past that. So it, what I want people to get out of knowing Joan is that she's full with joy Um, and if she doesn't know something, she will also say she's not sure about it and let me figure it out. And if something's not working, she knows she has to try something alternative or something different. And so what she's talking about is trying things different. Like if, how's this working for you? If, If you don't feel healthy and you're eating a particular diet, even if it's supposed to be healthy, well, maybe it's not healthy for you. Like, Try different things. It's okay to try different things, no matter how old you are or young you are. Just keep trying different things. So um, that's what Joan's about too. Trying and, different uh, things, and that's and that's really great. And I think one of the things that I I I would have to throw out there with to some of our listeners who probably you know have difficulty choosing happiness and finding joy. Uh, and that would be a question I'd throw out there for, you know, for, for the both of you, uh, all of us, you know, is happiness a choice or is it a combination of decisions, whether it's spiritual, emotional, physical, um, you know, health choices, sleep habit, is it a combination of many things or is it just as simple as making the choice to find joy in little things or just making the choice to be happy? And that's a tough question, but I do this a lot with my students um, and ask them like, is, is, is happiness a choice? Can you choose to be happy or is it something that you can't help if you're not happy? I think I, you can choose it. Don't you, Joan? I adore that question because I really believe that, Um, And I've been through some really challenging times with health crisis and death and loss and grief and all kinds of all the things we all face in life. And um, and I think it's a choice. And I think when you're young, probably for your students, I don't know how old they are. They're high school age, high High school. school. That's a a really challenging time, I think. Um, And I think that with every breath, we have the opportunity. The breath is a metaphor. I I always use the breath as a metaphor because for me, that's life. You know, we, we are born, we breathe in and out for a certain length of time. And then when the breath stops, then the heart stops. And then we move on to whatever you believe is next. Um, and so 
we do have the opportunity to make another choice every time something comes up. And the key is be slowing things down. For me, I think slowing things down enough because I'm always like, go, go, go. And so I use meditation to slow things down so I can even make that other choice because sometimes things are happening so quickly that all our patterns are flying at us and we don't know where to go. And so making different choices, I think, will enable us to find what our desires are and how to fulfill our own happiness. And it is choosing. It is a literal choice to choose, like to be happy where you are now. Uh, life is hard. Okay. And, and if your life is 80% functioning well, that's pretty good. I mean, it's very rare. We're going to have 100% everything right. But we still have to choose to be happy. Choose to be happy while we're going to school and learning something. Choose to be happy whatever space we're in now. I mean, it's something that when you're younger, I don't think you fully understand. I think when you're a child, you're just happy. You wake up happy. You're joyful. Hmm. And then you lose that. And then you get this moodiness and darkness, maybe during the teen years in which you just, they're going to be miserable. They're, I'm just choosing to be miserable during this teen years. I don't know why. Then, you know, you get, a, you go through stages of it, but I think every day I just choose to be happy where I am and happy with, and if I'm not happy with where I am, then I choose something else. Okay. I, I'm like, this is really not serving my higher good and I'm not happy here then I need to choose again. And that's what it is. Choose again. If you're not happy, then choose something else. Find some other happiness. We're talking about medicine. It's the same thing. If something is not helping you, you're going to a therapist for 20 years and you're still all screwed up in the head. Maybe you <laughs> need to try an alternative treatment. Okay. Or if you're not getting well, going to a doctor, maybe you need to try acupuncture. If it's not working, choose again. It's always choosing alternatives, look around. And that's, I think, what we're trying to do on this podcast. Maybe think outside of your little box. If you're not happy in that box, then figure out why not. I think for adults, it's tough sometimes to break out of that comfort zone. Uh, I know a lot of people are set in their ways and they, they have a tough time, you know, going outside of their, their comfort. <laughs> but I know as like, even a, like a, t talking to my high school students, a lot of it sometimes is they just don't feel they have choices. And I think that that's, that's our job as educators, as adults, is to say that there is always a choice. And once we give them or enlighten them as to what those choices may be, they start seeing things a little bit differently. And I, and I think it's, it's all about perception uh, and perspective. And I think that once we give them those uh, different paths and different ideas and different visions, then it makes things a little bit easier for them to, to choose uh, as opposed to feeling stuck. Um, you know, and I, and I think that that's something that we can we can all probably do a little bit better with. That's so now, so, uh, sorry, go ahead. That's so beautifully expressed because um, I think young people uh, they have a really special place in my heart because I see that um, when they are given more choices to make, they're they see the freedom. And I think that's really beautiful. And a lot of it is, a lot of um, younger people don't understand that there's both inner life and outer life. And if they can open up the space in their inner life, then they seem to have more ability to make choices 
where their status quo is not serving them. Right. Yeah, that makes complete sense. You know, I, I always say too, like my my six and a half year old, she always sees the beautiful in the world. There's <laughs> oh. there's nothing that is like upsetting to her. Um, she's always very very happy. And if I could bottle that and sell it, <laughs> I would. I'd be a trillionaire. It's almost like the uh, the trolls movie where the, you know they they can't find happiness unless they eat the trolls. But then they they, re- <laughs> they realize that they can be you know they can be happy without eating trolls. Um, so I think that um, you know it it is it really is about um, choice and and also giving letting people see that there is a choice i think that that is a that is a big piece of this so you know with that being said you know where does someone start this work and and how do they how do they do that well i think the best way to do it is to become aware of our natural surroundings our landscape and just paying attention Um, looking at nature and really looking at the plants, uh, looking at how things grow, looking at um, how people react to things. And the key is to not be in reaction to everything and to just be the observer. Now, of course, there's always input. That's, again, that's quantum uh, physics where the observer is always part of the action because you can't have it without that. However, I think when people are uh, open to making different choices, if their life is not working the way they want it to and they observe other possibilities, they need to see what fear is that's stopping them from making the other choices. I think fear is is a big part of people's ability to make choices. 100%. You know, a lot of people that I talk to, um, you know, a lot of their decision making, a lot of the way they live their life is rooted in fear. uh, And it's very stagnating. And And I think that once people start to compartmentalize their fear and release some of that and start to break the walls down, so to speak, uh, they can then find that joy that you have seemed to found and, and, and live every day. And I think that that is something that um, it's just so important for people. And to, Joan to confronts her fears, by the way, when I do readings with her and we talk, we confront her fears. It's like we go there. Do you know what I mean? And, and she learns from it. Like we all have to confront those fears. We all have the same fears. They're all there in all of us. It's just at this stage in our lives, we've decided like, let's let go of that fear and let's move beyond it. And is your fear rational? Is it irrational? Is, you know, sometimes people just fear their success. They fear being happy that their story is that life is miserable and sad. They don't let go of their story. So we have to figure out what's our story? What have we been holding on to? What false beliefs do we think that without our fears, we're not going to survive? Uh, right. You'd be surprised. We're going to survive without our fears. Well, I mean, and, people and, live in fight or flight. Like they, people like live in that oh, state yeah. of fight or right. flight, which is where probably all this heart disease and cancer is coming from as well. I mean, Absolutely. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, and I think that that's something that you know we do as as you know as, as psychics and as spiritual healers as we try to have people confront that fear in a safe place in a safe zone where they can release it, start stripping it down and start living more productive lives and, you know, more joyful lives to be quite honest. I mean, there's a lot of people, um, you know, and and being an intuitive and, and being an empath and feeling people's emotions when you enter a room, like people are sad. 
Um, and <laughs> it's, it's, it stinks, but you know, they have to, there, there has to be a, a path to, to happiness. Like there has to be, and, and, and providing them with these types of, uh, you know, seminars, so to speak, or these sessions where we're able to, to enlighten them, I think is just so important. Um, so, so Joe, now obviously you have a, a tremendous amount of experience and not only life experience, but educationally, and just with your, all your different careers that you're doing, is there something that you're doing as far as like maybe teaching a course in this, where we could let our listeners know that they could contact you or, uh, be a part of this? Sure. Um, I actually did a course a couple of months ago on, um, I called it Awaken because I just, you know, it sounds funny, but a lot of people are talking about consciousness now and uh, from different perspectives. And one of the things that I really enjoy about myself is that I kind of have my feet in both areas of Western and alternative medicine. And I like when people explain to me how to do things. Now, I really don't like these, the title of this, but it's almost what I used um, as a template. Uh, when you see the books, whatever for dummies, like uh, for me, tech is not the best, as you know, Gary. <laughs> me. So, That's okay. so the kind of thing that I taught was basically how to align yourself with your soul so that you have this consciousness to enable yourself to make better choices for yourself. And they're not always the right choice in the sense of right or wrong, but they're the next best choice for you because you're in most alignment. And I use things like uh, going through body, mind, spirit, doing meditations and uh, doing some coaching with people. And I'll be giving another course in another month or so. But right now I have a, um, a dedicated Facebook group to consciousness and awaken. And I, I think I emailed you that link. I'm not really sure how to get people that link, but. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll definitely, uh, we'll post it on soul matters podcast, Facebook page. Uh, once, oh, once we go live with it, live with this and then, uh, we will we'll make sure it gets out to everybody that's that's our, our you know there is something I wanted to answer that I I wasn't very specific when you asked me what people can do but there are definite things that I would recommend people do as starting we're going into warm weather so if you want to take your shoes off in a forest <laughs> or anywhere if you have a backyard and just ground yourself because a lot of us are the energy is all the way up here. And for me, I use, it doesn't matter what you do. I use Chinese medical uh, movement practices like Qigong or Tai Chi. I've done yoga, whatever it is that you use, but you can just stand even with your shoes on. It doesn't matter. And think about sinking your energy. They call it sink your chi because chi is what uh, is used in Chinese medicine the the idea of the energy but basically we're we want to bring all this energy that's up in our heads that's sometimes making us crazy down so we have some support and then we can allow anything that we need to to percolate up and also using the breath seeing are we taking big enough breaths i mean when i was a practicing dentist which just a couple of years ago um I would have people put their fingertips together when they were sitting in the chair because that brings together the right and left side and you have deeper breathing. Or you can simply put your hands on your diaphragm. 
this would be great for students, you know, if they're nervous about a test or something. If you put your hands, if you're anywhere, just put your hands on your diaphragm, it stimulates the vagus nerve, which is right under there. And that stimulates deeper breathing. And when we are not doing chest breathing and we're breathing through our lower area, everything's more grounded. And we have the space and the time to look at our fears instead of like, <sighs> so, wow. yeah. And yeah. I like the whole idea of grounding. That's really important to ground yourself first and foremost, even with the work that we do that's spiritual. I always try to do a very grounding things um, particularly after working, it's really important to do something that makes you feel like you're, you're back on the earth plane and, and solid. So that's, you can't stress that enough, the grounding. Yeah, for sure. It's actually funny too. Cause I, you know, years ago I was constantly in shoes. I would, I would never take my shoes off. Like I, for some reason I just was always very comfortable wearing shoes, but as of late, um, you know, probably in the last couple of years, I, uh, I, I, can't wait to get them off. And I like to be barefoot uh, as much as I possibly can. Um, and <laughs> and whether it's a comfort thing or there you go. Uh, you know, exactly. See? I was going to do that. And then you beat me to it. Yeah, well, I'm not that flexible. So I'll, I'll fall over <laughs> my chair if I do that. Uh, but, you know, and, and that's, but that's so true. I mean, it's, I just, for some reason, it's, it's much more comfortable. I feel a lot uh, less hyper energy. Like I just feel very, very much grounded when I, when I don't have any type of footwear on. So uh, that's, that is for sure. Okay. Um, you know, this has been, you know, this is awesome. This is such and, great information. And Go how ahead. can people reach Joan again? Just to maybe an email or something that. Joan, do you have an yeah. email, email that you want to provide? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh Dr. Joan Borden at gmail.com. Just uh, D-R-J-O-A-N, B as in boy, O-R-D-E-N at gmail.com. And um, I also have a, a regular Facebook page that's under just my name, Joan Borden. And uh, you can see a picture of me there. And uh, I think I have I love to use uh, photography, so I, I post everything that I take. I have, a, I have to say, I have a pretty good eye from being a dentist, so it's fun. That's fantastic, and for sure, we will make sure that um, all of this information gets posted on our Soul Matters Podcast Facebook page, so our listeners can obviously not only hear it, but they'll be able to see it and uh, and contact you uh, if they if they choose to. So, uh, again, this has been this has been fantastic. What a what a great. great uh, session. The amount of information is just, is just incredible. And we thank you so much for taking the time. You're clearly a very busy individual, um, <laughs> but it, taking the time, you know, to do this with us is, is fantastic. And we really appreciate your knowledge and you for sure have added value to our listeners. So I thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I really have enjoyed the dialogue with you and Cindy. Thank you. We'll um, definitely you have guys you back. Are special people. Thank you so much. Uh, we love you, Joan. Love Thank you, you too. <laughs> All right, folks. So for Soul Matters Podcast, I'm Dr. Gary, along with Cindy Sanson-Braff and our special guest, Dr. Joan Borden. We want to thank everybody for listening this evening and hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you. It's amazing.
happens now. We want to hear from you, our listeners. If you have a topic or a question or would like to be a guest on Soul Matters Podcast with Cindy and Dr. Gary, please email us at soulmatterspodcast at gmail.com.